to another exciting episode of Crack and Open with Mike. <laughs> and Elise. I'm Mike. And I'm Elise. Mm, remains to be seen. <laughs> Stay tuned for more. <laughs> Check back later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mike, but your Elise is in another castle. Womp, 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 womp. It's a Mario reference, guys. Anyway, this week, we what are, are we, drinking? <laughs> <laughs> we are back to our regular scheduled programming, and we figured that since Memorial Day is pretty much the unofficial start of summer, what better beer to feature than the Summer Ale from Backy's Brewing Company, which we had in our fridge basically all summer last summer. <laughs> Thank mm-hmm. you to our local Trader Joe's for always having it on the shelf and feeding our addiction. Um so technically, this isn't the first time we've talked about Back East Brewing Company. We had their Winterfest Ale in our lineup of our uh, holiday beer episode this past winter, which turned out to be one of our our surprise favorites out of the the 10 or so holiday themed beers that we tried. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we also recently had their Spring Ale for the first time. Unfortunately, I discovered it in the liquor store a little too late in the season. But at least now we know for next year to snatch up that deliciously light and super lemony beer again. Or why don't they call it Spring Ale 2 Electric Boogaloo and put it out again? <gasps> well, I don't know if this is the first year that they've had it. So Just put it out again. It's really good. It's so good. <laughs> it's made with like the juice of like hundreds of lemons and tangerines. Oh, amazing. Anyway, a little bit about Back East. The brewery is located in Bloomfield, Connecticut, and we've been meeting together for months, but it's like an hour drive for us. So it was hard to find the time before quarantine to fit in our schedules. But then this whole lockdown thing happened. So we really hope to make it up there soon. But Back East officially opened their doors in July of 2012. And the co-founders and cousins had been homebrewing and experimenting together for about six years prior to that. And one of them was actually brewing while living out in San Diego back in the 90s. And he knew then that when he moved back east. Uh, get it? Get it? That's the title <laughs> of the thing. He knew then that he wanted to open a craft brewery. Um, so he got together with his cousin and co-founder who also had a, a passion for craft beer, but also the business background to get everything started and Voila. And they've actually they've also won some pretty prestigious awards over the years for several of their beers, like all different styles, porters, ales, etc. So obviously they, they know their stuff. So as a quick throwback to last week's episode, when we talked about the Altogether IPA, Back East is another one of the Connecticut breweries that participated in the collaboration. And they posted on their website that while it's unfortunately sold out now at this time, they were able to raise over $23,000 for the Connecticut Hospitality Employee Relief Fund. So that is awesome. Nice. Yeah. But let's get back to summer ale. Uh, Back East description of it says, Brewed and dry hopped with a blend of citrus forward hops, it is assertively hopped, but not overly bitter, bursting with fruity, spicy and citrusy hop flavors. And just a few weeks ago uh, on Instagram, they posted that the recipe for a summer ale was tweaked just a little bit this year to impart a brighter and juicier flavor. Ooh. Mm. So this blonde ale gets all of its wonderful flavors from a mix of Citra, Simcoe and Galaxy hops. 
So the citra hops can be used for both bittering and aroma purposes, but a lot of the brewers online feel like it's a little too harsh for bittering just in and of itself. I'm not sure at what stage of the process they're used for summer ale, but citra tends to impart, shocker, very citrusy flavors like grapefruit, lime, and other tropical fruits. Whoa. Yeah. So obviously we know by now that it's very commonly used in IPAs and ales like this one. And Simcoe hops, which we've also talked about a lot and can actually be used as a substitute for Citra, is fruity in its aroma as well. But it also has those really the deeper earthy herbal undertones of pine and resin, Mm -hmm. Uh, which brings us to Galaxy hops, which also seem to be cropping up a little bit more often lately. Uh, We've talked about them in a few of our recent episodes, like Baby Kittens from Fat Orange Cat and Butte from Dockside. Yum, yum, yum. Nom, nom. So Galaxy Hops are a unique Australian breed of hop that's descended from a German hop variety called Pearl. And it has a really strong citrus, peach, and passion fruit aroma, especially when it's used as a late addition in the brew. And the flavor is really intense initially upon production, but then it kind of mellows out. As it matures. Milu. <laughs> Milu. So Galaxy is also a little bit more versatile. In addition to IPAs and ales, it also works well in saisons, fruit beers, wheat beers, and wild ales. It does get very solid consumer reviews from the, the kind of go-to beer uh, websites like Beer Advocate, Beer Connoisseur, and Untapped. Not that it really matters because we already know how awesome it is. So, uh... Why why don't we just crack it open? Why don't we? Why don't we? Well, here we go then. All right then. Fine. You ready? Oh, I'm ready. You ready for this? Da-na-na. Sorry. <laughs> I should get that party mix. Like the ultimate 2000s party mix. I will say as soon as I crack this open, I just smelled like hop. Mm. Just that dank yep. smell of hops, just like not anything specific, just hoppy hops. And it's not an overly hoppy beer. It's but not. Like that's what that must be the smell that sits and settles at the top of the can before mm-hmm. you open it. Like what's ready to go out first. Mm-hmm. Just smells refreshing would be my note. It smells light with a little hint of fruit and a little hint of hops, but none of them are really overpowering the other. No, I'm getting a lot of fruit, though. It smells sweet. I don't know if I'm getting yeah. anything specific fruitiness. Just smells refreshing. Yeah. Like a refreshing beer. Cheers. Cheers. God, I love summer ale. Mm, it's so good. Why didn't you buy 40 of these? <laughs> I might as well have, considering how much we consumed last summer. <laughs> oh my God. This was like an impulse buy last year. Yeah. Just like, hey, we saw it at Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's, yep. And we're just like, we haven't tried that yet. Let's 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 give it a try. And then it was like a weekly thing. Oh, Oops. God. That's so good. <laughs> I'm trying to pick out any kind of specific note that I can really get, but it's just got this little burst of sweetness. Mm-hmm. And it's a very light beer, but it's not overly sweet. It's not sweet like a sour well, or a what, goza. Or... What's weird is that they use all of the um, kind of trademark hops for an IPA, but they make it into an ale. Right. So I think that's why we like it so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of just a toned back IPA, a more mellow. It's got all of those dank, like you said, when as soon as we opened it, you could smell it, the hoppiness. Mm-hmm. But it's also got the the citrus to kind of 
balance it out. Well, citrus absolutely balances it out. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's an ale, you don't have, like you said, that IPA that would dry you out really quick mm-hmm. isn't there, which makes it such a good summer beer, such a good yeah. out on your deck or patio or by the pool or at an event, easy sipping beer that's got, it's, I, I want to use the word tasteful. It's, it's got so much taste to it. It does. It's not like a standard ale where it's like, yep, that's an ale. There's some beer. And I love ales. Don't get me wrong. He does. But <laughs> it's got that hoppy, fruity, citrus aroma that does not too bitter, but still gives you all that note of a refreshing IPA without mm-hmm. drying you out. And it just that's makes it such a good summer beer. And it's 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 might you say crushable. It is super <laughs> crushed. Yes, it is super crushable. It's it's on the same level of crushable, I think, as like a session. Yeah. And I can go through some sessions. I can. Well, that's the dangerous part is that a lot of sessions, I would say average between 4.5 and 5%. I believe this clocks in much closer to 6%. I mean, yeah, but 6% isn't also, isn't too much either. It's only a little bit more. So, although it's like a standard beer. Comparatively, it's it's (laughs) not a lot, but. Let's be honest. You know what beer is. If you're crushing it, you know what to expect. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Drink responsibly. Crush them in the courtesy of your own home or get an Uber. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's my PSA. Now I'm going to get more drunk because I'm drinking this in the courtesy of my own home. Woo! You know, I do kind of get maybe a hint of, I'm going to be wrong, like apricot. This podcast or, is about learning, baby. <laughs> apricot or mango. Like a tropical, one of those tropical fruits that I only like if they're in beer, not actually like, do I like them? Okay, so Back East didn't specify any particular fruit that that they wanted this beer to really uh, shine. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the hops that are used are, they, they specify the stone fruits, which aren't necessarily specifically apricot or peach or papaya or what have you. So... You're you're not necessarily wrong. Nice. I like not being wrong. <laughs> I'm okay with not being right as long as I'm not necessarily wrong. <laughs> but I only really get that. Again, we've had I probably at this point between last summer and now had dozens of these. Mm-hmm. And easily. I don't know what that says about me. Both of us. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hosting a beer podcast. I mean, really. It wasn't research before, baby. It wasn't research before. <laughs> That's true. That was pleasure, not business. Um, <laughs> I've never really, maybe because I've never really tried to taste the beer before to try yeah. to get any notes out specifically, but I never really got a specific fruit in mind. I'm only getting that now, like really going, hmm, what could this be? Yeah. And you know, it is a little similar to the spring ale, I would say. Yeah. Now, that, now that we've had it, I yeah, can There's some I similarity, similarity. There, which I mean, I'm okay with having some real instead of the spring ale, but oh, man. That spring ale was. You put the spring ale next to that summer ale. As much as I love summer ale, that was like my beer of the summer last year. It yeah. Well, both S- of us. Spring ale might be better. That is a very divisive statement right I don't now. Know. Oh, it's really good. It was really good, but but now that I'm having this, I'd like to have them side by side too. Yeah, but I do feel like it was an appropriate division of flavors for spring versus summer. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and we I always talk about how spring tends to kind of end on the Blend. suckage end of, yeah. of beers that are available and there aren't a lot of spring beers and sometimes there are good spring beers that come out that 
end up getting glossed over the next year Mm -hmm. and people just skip from winter back into summer. And that is too bad because there are some spring ales that are spring beers. I'm sorry, that are really good. Mm -hmm. And then you just kind of skip into the summer and hopefully that won't be, I mean, I know this is about the summer out, but I'm a little PSA on the spring ale because I (laughs) I really want more spring ale. (laughs) Don't stop Don't stop making it next spring. There aren't enough spring beers. (laughs) But this especially is especially ones that are as awesome. Yeah. But this is you can tell that it has the base of that spring beer like they just kind of change it up. But you can tell it's same brewery, same style oh, yeah. kind of a thing, yep. which is cool because it is nice. A nice segue. And what I love about this beer was this was we had this early summer last year as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a nice transition of like you have this super refreshing beer. It's starting to get warm, um, at least where we live. It's on the cusp of wanting to be. Yeah. Post Memorial Day summer, but even though it's something's te- holding it's it back. usually a lot warmer yeah. <laughs> by now. So it's nice to have this little reminder in a glass that, hey, summer's, summer's coming. still coming. You know, sitting out on the deck right now drinking this would be awesome. Yep. Because this beer is awesome. It's so good. It's so drinkable. And those hops just like give a little bit of, of a burst of that hoppy flavor. And then I would say it does have a pinch of bitterness to it. Yeah, but not. If you are not a fan of IPAs, do not shy away from this. But I would wonder almost because my brother hates IPAs. Yeah. I would almost wonder if he'd like this. I bet he would, actually. Because you get the taste of of the hops, which have a really fantastic taste. Mm-hmm. But you don't get that bitterness that you would normally associate with it. But I mean, it does kind of shine through toward the end of that sip. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oop. Oh, it's gone. But it's more of I'm an appre- midway through the sip. Not yeah, it's more of an appreciation of the the hop itself, and then like you said, it just kind of goes away. It's n- it doesn't linger right. like like with other IPAs. And all and this beer isn't is an inher- IPA. Yeah. I, I don't mean to. Um, no, this is an ale. Although technically an IPA is a style of ale. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's all I got on this super easy drinking, crushable. Back East Summer Ale. So good. So, so, so good. So good. So now do you want to talk about the the fantastic can art? So it's got some can art, guys. <laughs> so these cans are small boys. They're the 12 ounce cans. Your, mm-hmm. your average cans. It says top says Back East with their Back East logo. They're black and red. And Summer Ale is in big bubble letters. Like it's some 1960s musical uh, Broadway play. Yes. Uh, the sky is lit with a sunbeam coming through. It's kind of that golden hour. Yeah, it's definitely sun, sun going down in the summer. Summertime. And it's just a normal everyday downtown area of any kind of city, town, or suburb. It's just a bunch of buildings, two, three, four-story tall buildings. People walking around, guy riding a motorcycle, kid graffitiing a wall. And it says, this is a hoppy blonde ale brewed with citrus, Simcoe, and galaxy hops. Strange graffiti. But uh, all right, Banksy, if that's what you want to go with. <laughs> on top of one of the buildings, there's some guy reading a newspaper on a chair, which is odd, like an old old fashioned wooden chair. Uh, there are, of course, the obligatory uh, shoes tied to a light pole. A couple of people walking out the window. One suspicious looking dude in a like an overcoat walking down the sidewalk with sunglasses on. Looks like he's smirking. He's a little fishy <laughs> to me. It's the summertime. What's he doing with that long coat? <laughs> You know, I've been taught if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. So uh, that guy looks suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> on the other side of the street is uh, find your way back in graffiti on the other side of a wall. No graffiti artist there, though. And a little dog with a 
definitely too long for his body tongue standing around. <laughs> Those are the best dogs. He definitely looks happy. He's definitely happy about it. He might be sweating because it's summertime. And then in the middle of the street, of course, there are two people dancing. Some macho man with a mustache and long black hair. Two tight t-shirt and a fedora dancing with some lady in high cowboy boots. And a quarter length sleeve sweater. While a uh, VW bug is coming down with B-E-B on the license plate. Back East Brewery, but it says Bib. (laughs) And it's an orange buggy and they're kind of happy. I mean, I'm sure he's going to hit the dancing people, but that's fine. And the woman's got a hand out the window with a one sign going up. It's basically everybody's just enjoying the summertime. It's all done in like a cartoon style, almost like an MTV kind of cartoon. Mm-hmm. That's probably what drew us to the can to begin with. Oh, for sure. Oh, and on the top, even though next to it already says back east, there's a plane carrying a back east brewery uh, flag on it. But the can is definitely. It's fun. It's a it's a fun can. It's a little busy, but I think busy cans sometimes Unlike most things, you don't want like a busy soda can. You don't want a busy wine bottle. You don't want busy. You don't want things to be too busy in most of your merchandise. But I think that sometimes, a lot of times with Mm -hmm. your can art for beer, you want a busy can. Yeah. If it's something colorful and and it's got to grab your attention right away. It's like summer ale is written in such a way that it really grabs your attention and it has that kind of backdrop, the, the back shadow that even though the rest of the illustration is uh, very intricate, the summer ale pops out. So even though it's a busy label. You don't get lost. You know what it is and who yeah, it's from. Yeah, exactly. Which is a lot of busy labels. I think maybe that's the one drawback of a busy label is, what, what am I drinking? Yeah. I know we've had a couple of beers that we've done on the cast where, although I've loved the can, the brewery and the style of beer and the name of the beer is sacrificed for mm-hmm. the can art. And in this case, the can art is still it's it's busy, but in a in a in a great way. But the brewery and the logo are like face forward, but it still yeah. grabs your attention because there's Definitely. so much going on. And you just want to look at the can art. There's so many like clown shoes, beer. <laughs> oh yeah, you just look at the art on the can, and the can art is incredible. And you're just you want, like you just want to sit and inspect it. Yeah, like I want to get this can just so I can look at this can while drinking this beer. I'll pop it open, pour it out, <laughs> and then just look at the rest of the picture because it's so well done. Mm-hmm. And this is a great example of, of, you know, just representing what the can feels like. You know, people partying in the street, just having a great time in the summer. You know, people just enjoying themselves in summertime. Yeah. And it's like all the different ways you can have a summer ale and enjoy yourself. Although the car, maybe, obviously, maybe they're going to or coming back from a bar. But they're definitely not (laughs) drinking while driving. Drink responsibly. But that pilot, though, he's a little toasty. (laughs) (laughs) I probably relate more to the guy reading the newspaper on the top of the the roof. (laughs) On the roof. That's my dude. Make anything a deck that you can. (laughs) But yeah, that's my, uh, that's my can art review for Back East. Nice. Right? Next beer we do from them, we have to go visit them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, like I said, we've been wanting to go there literally for months. Back East, if you're listening to this, name a beer. That you want us to cover and we will go and up we there will to it and we will interview, interview we, you guys about it and, and do a whole thing. We have yet to find a beer that isn't amazing from you. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Did they, I mean, I didn't really rank them, but they kind of won the winter one, right? Yeah. <laughs> or they were close. Yeah. Yeah. They were up there. I think maybe they, for. They were the ones that had the, um, they had the honey in it from an apiary in Connecticut. 
Oh, yep, yep. Which made it like a, it had a very interesting. This was a snowstorm picture, right? Yes. Oh, yeah, I did remember that one. <laughs> Maybe uh, for next season's Halloween and winter ones, I'll take what I basically consider to be my tops mm-hmm. and bring carry those over, and the rest will be all new. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And actually, mm-hmm. according to the website, they have a pumpkin one that we just like apparently completely missed last year which i'm very to be, disappointed in. to be fair when we went to get our pumpkin beers even though it was it was still september. before halloween yep they were out of it was september yeah we bought them way before we casted mm-hmm. they were out of a few flavors there were a couple of flavors that i had planned to get and i couldn't get either oh if you remember there were a couple of empty shelves so yeah here in connecticut pumpkin's big pumpkin is big <laughs> so i'm gonna keep drinking the summer ale <laughs> you can uh go on with some Pop culture news and reviews, if you'd like. Some news. Uh-huh. Yeah. Back to our... Back to the other half, though, what this podcast is. Back to the other half. All right. So, sisters. So, I've got some Hocus Pocus related news. <laughs> <laughs> I that, did not know where that sisters was coming from. I was like... Uh, I'll, I'll get some audio for that. <laughs> um, so, it was announced at Toy Fair 2020 that we can expect a board game based on the 1993 cult classic from Disney. And in this game, you will be playing to save the lives of the children of Salem before the sun rises. Before what? Uh, what if I want to save the witches? Well, I mean, obviously, that would be another interesting twist on the game is playing as the Sanderson sisters. But... Right now, you're playing as basically like Allison and Max and Danny, like the the protagonists of the story. They're the worst parts of the movie. (gasps) How dare you? The Sanderson sisters are the only good parts of that movie. Come at me. It's not a great movie. (gasps) I'm sorry. (sighs) It's 25 minutes of the Sanderson sisters doing awesome stuff. And then the rest of the movie, I got to watch these really lame protagonists do really convoluted, stupid, cheesy, normal, run-of-the-mill things. You know what? I'm sorry. No. I didn't like it in 1993. <laughs> they are the best parts of that. They are the best part of the movie. They, and they are, are the best parts of that movie, but the rest of the movie doesn't detract movie. from it. I disagree. Uh, the cat's cute. Thanks. The, the little girl is good, too. I like the little girl. She's Danny, Thora good. Birch. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. American Beauty. Don't get me started on American Beauty. You've watched, you've listened to my forgotten episodes. <laughs> anyway, you will be playing to save the lives of the children of the Salem. Sorry, <laughs> continue. Um, but they say that fans will be able to recognize some favorite spells. There will be some appearances by characters like Banks and Billy Butcherson. And the game box is even going to be designed to look like the book, <laughs> as Bette Midler would say. Uh, so the board game will be available this coming August from Game and Puzzle Company, a Ravensburger. Just in time for it to be at a local spirit Halloween shop near you. Exactly. So I don't know about <laughs> you guys, but I will be placing my pre-order as soon as that option becomes available, whether you are going to play it with me or not. I'll play and- it with you, but we're going to change the rules. <laughs> Those kids got to go. Sanderson sisters sisters all the way. (laughs) Also, bonus news, kind of. Uh, (laughs) So Variety reported a little while back that Disney Plus announced that they finally found a director for the long-awaited Hocus Pocus 2, and that will be Adam Shankman. And he did Rock of Ages and Hairspray, for reference, um, and is also attached to Disney's Disenchanted 
the sequel to Enchanted. So interesting choice on their part. We might be able to expect a good uh, cover of I Put a Spell on You. I talked about this on Forgotten Cinema. Really? Season four. Check it out. (laughs) Plug! (laughs) (laughs) Our Enchanted episode. Well, I guess at the same time, take this piece of news with a grain of salt because it was announced in early March, right before the poop hit the fan. Uh, As far as I know it, Mm -hmm. that is going forward with Hocus (gasps) Pocus coming first and Disenchanted coming next. Oh, that that was another part of the article that I read was they weren't sure whether Hocus Pocus or Disenchanted would be uh, the first. From what I believe, Hocus Pocus will come next because it's already kind of been in development and Mm -hmm. everybody signed. But Disenchanted would come very soon after because Disenchanted has actually been written for a long, long time. Oh, yeah. Well, it, they Enchanted it, came out in what? Like 2008, 2009? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the writer had written like a year later for Disney the Disenchanted script and they just never got to it. So Disenchanted is written and ready to go. Mm-hmm. Obviously, little tweaks will have to be made because now it's a decade later. Yeah. However, I believe most of the story kind of the way they have the what i've read about the story jives yeah okay jives with it still being taking place in the future so yay i'm excited for that and for the hocus pocus game (laughs) (laughs) anyway what you got nothing (laughs) just kidding so (laughs) as of when we're talking when we're recording this i believe today is the first day of hbo max it is new hbo service that is being provided is that included on our on our hulu account if you no <laughs> damn you it you have to watch it through hbo max but the good news is if you have hbo you have hbo max <laughs> so you have hbo max you have even more movies than before including everything that was already on hbo mm-hmm. all their series plus new series plus a whole bunch of other really cool things because not a lot of people know this but hbo is owned by Warner Brothers or owns Warner Brothers. It's all very confusing, but you're going to get some Warner Brothers-ish in there, including a bunch of cool new stuff. One of the things that I'm most excited (laughs) about is you're going to get a new Looney Tunes series. And it's not just like the Looney Tunes series that was on like Cartoon Network or whatever, which was like made for millennials or not millennials. We're millennials. It's made for Gen whatever the fuck. This is made for people that like classic Looney Tunes. This is made for people who enjoy the old cartoons of the forties and fifties. It is done in the animation style in an animation style, almost similar to the original Mm -hmm. with voice actors, voicing the original things and skits kind of based around what if they wrote this today. Okay. And I've, I've, we watched a clip. It seemed pretty funny with Elmer Fudd questioning (laughs) Bugs Bunny on a, a polygraph machine, very in line with Looney Tunes. Yes. I'm really excited for it. You know, Looney Tunes always drew the line between funny for kids, but also funny for adults. It's just, it's just loony stuff that's going on. It's just yeah. madness. So if you like <laughs> zany stuff, you'd love it. And I'm really excited for that. Another thing that's coming to HBO Max is obviously a bunch of your old favorites shows, but HBO Max is going to have other things like a bunch of movies. HBO also, because they're Warner Brothers, also is going to have all the DC stuff. So I think there are oh. some omissions right now, such as Man of Steel is not on there. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy is not on there yet. And this is because just like Disney Plus, things have been signed to other networks for right okay, now. So they basically have to wait <clears throat> for the the contract to time out before they can move it to another platform. Right. OK. Um, but it's possible they'll bring stuff in sooner. For instance, Harry Potter was not supposed <laughs> to be coming to them until 2025. Oh, People my thought, gosh. But all the Harry Potter movies are now on HBO Max. Yes. 
Like, yes, like you don't have the box set. I, all the yeah, DVDs. I own all of them, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's so much easier to stream them. <laughs> it is still cool. And one exciting, another thing that's really exciting, a few things. Greg Berlanti, who is made basically in charge of the Arrowverse TV shows on the CW, mm-hmm. including Arrow, which we love, and Flash, which we love, mm-hmm. and Legends of Tomorrow, which we'll is a there. show. <laughs> no, we won't. Uh, <laughs> and Batwoman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is going to be executive producing a Green Lantern series for HBO Max, which is is cool because HBO Max is obviously going to have a higher budget than yeah. the other shows. So yeah, you might be, it might be a really cool kind of like movie in TV format superhero show. All right. Which is really neat. J.J. Abrams is making a Justice League Dark series. Ooh. And Justice League Dark is stuff like Swamp Thing, Constantine, uh, oh, Death Man or snap. Dead Man, stuff like that. Like all the darker, weird corners of uh dc and vertigo comics and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. go into that which is really neat and i like jj abrams so i'm excited about that yeah. and a big thing is gonna get all i got all the nerds uh panties all in a bunch not panties in a bunch got them wet i guess <laughs> is uh hbo max is going to finally present the snyder cut of justice league oh so Everyone for the for the last like year and a half, two years has been hashtagging release the Snyder Cut. Mm-hmm. Even people who I doubt liked DC Comics or <laughs> like Zack Snyder or anything. They just hopped on this bandwagon of release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut for Justice League because Zack Snyder was unfortunately removed from that. He removed himself from that project after a family tragedy. Joss Whedon stepped in. Mm-hmm filmed the rest of the movie and cut it himself and it was heavily edited and changed. They'll be going back in, re-editing certain shots, adding the CGI to the Zack Snyder shots that they didn't end up using, and basically remaking the movie in the way that Zack Snyder had wanted to make to begin Uh, with. They won't be reshooting any scenes with the actors, but the actors will all be going back in to do additional ADR dialogue. Interesting. They'll be added heroes. They've announced Darkseid is actually going to be a peer in it, and Darkseid is kind of the overarching villain. Uh, He is the... Thanos of the DC universe, even mm-hmm. though Darkseid came first and Thanos is a ripoff on Darkseid. <laughs> Come at me, Marvel. Uh, so you'll see a little bit of him. I- I'm excited for it. I- I'm not a huge fan of Zack Snyder's movies. I like Man of Steel and I know that a lot of people don't. I have a lot of problems with it, too. But I- overall, I think it's very good. I'm a sucker for Superman and Batman. That being said, Superman versus Batman was not very good. And mostly because Lex Luthor was the fucking worst. Why don't you throw in the scene? Why don't you throw in the soundbite of the scene where Lex Luthor feeds a dude Jolly Rancher into his own fucking mouth? Uh, God, I hate that movie. I hate uh, that scene. Ugh. But Justice League wasn't bad. I don't know if that was because it's not great. It's definitely schlock, but it was fun. It was a little mm-hmm. more lighthearted. It wasn't as grossly depressing as Batman versus Superman. And it had a lot to like, including the scenes that Batman did share with Superman in that movie. Ben mm-hmm. Affleck and Henry Cavill actually were pretty good and, and made me want more of that. So I really hope Zack Snyder really continue like his cut adds to that movie because it is kind of bare bones. It's just like, oh, that's a fun popcorn flick, which yeah. I love popcorn flicks. Yeah. But I would love to see how his version maybe was differed because I think the base of Justice League is really good. So if there's just more to it that expanded it, which would probably be my only problem with Justice League is that it was kind of bare bones. I'm OK with that as long as it's not as dark and depressing and like dark and unnecessarily depressing as. Batman vs Superman and mm-hmm. you tell me that Lex Luthor is actually the real Lex Luthor's son and we can get rid of Lex Jr. and go with real Lex Luthor played by a bald Brian Cranston <laughs> because ugh, 
Like I like I like Jesse Eisenberg in a few things, but overall I'm not a huge fan. And the way he yeah. played Lex Luthor is completely uh, just an abomination to everything that's truly Lex Luthor. And I can go on a huge DC Comics rant. Oh no, I, I mean like I'm <clears throat> I'm no expert in this area, <laughs> but I could tell that he was not the person that should have played that role. <laughs> Ugh. Ugh. Anyway, before I nerd out too far. Should we wrap things up for this week? I guess. But yeah, HBO Max <laughs> is going to be really fun. Woo! It seems really cool. There's a lot of good stuff on there. I know there's a million and a half streaming services all coming together. And eventually they'll just become cable again. Yep. They'll have to start bundling things together. It's all just an, an oscillating. <laughs> for now, I would say in terms of if it's not Netflix, HBO Max should probably be your go to. Yeah. Disney Plus is really cool if you have kids. If you don't have kids, Disney Plus right now. It's kind of in flux with what they have available. If, if you love Star Wars, you've got it on Blu-ray. Yeah. If you love Marvel, you got them on Blu-ray. It's got the Mandalorian. And yeah, right so now, it, that's it. really it. depends on what you're looking for. I think they have the ability to have a lot of good stuff on there. But for right now, Disney Plus is kind of on the low end. HBO Max is going to have so much stuff right off the bat that mm -hmm. it's like it's up there with Netflix and Hulu already. Like, it's just like, boom, you should be getting HBO now. And honestly, you should be getting HBO now. And yeah. honestly, Game of Thrones is on HBO. So where are you on HBO? You should already <laughs> have it. You should already be there. Also, The Sopranos. Also, The Wire. I mean, just get HBO already. Also, The Perry Mason Show looks pretty dope. And that's coming to HBO Max mm -hmm. and HBO in general. So, yeah, that's my PSA. But that's my news. It's just HBO Max sounds awesome. And I'm really excited about it. <laughs> All right. Oh, and all of Rick and Morty is going to be on HBO Max. It's the only really? way to watch Rick and Morty from now on. Are you serious? Which is probably the most important thing. If you don't have HBO now, or HBO Max, go get HBO Max. You're going to miss out on Rick and Morty. Why did I not know about this? Because you don't do your research. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I love you. I do research on other things. You're a good beer professor. Thanks. Beer professor. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> now, operator, get me an exit. Oh, by the way. The Matrix is going to be on HBO Max. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Kraken1Open or shoot us an email at Kraken1Open at gmail.com. So, uh... You got anything else to plug, even though you got that smooth little plug in there before? <laughs> so if you didn't hear the other two times I already mentioned already, I've got another podcast called Forgotten Cinema that I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's about forgotten movies that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether because a new movie came out uh, that took all their attention away or didn't simply catch on with an audience in its initial run. We'll discuss what we love about it, what we don't love about it, how the movie was made, fun facts about its production and why it was forgotten forgotten cinema is available every wednesday wherever you get your podcast check us out on forgottencinemapodcast.com for all past present future episodes our merch store and check us out every thursday for our awesome fun amazing funny very very clever commercials that we filmed <laughs> it's true i've also got two player bros that i do with my buddy dave cannon where we talk about all things video game related we're just two guys to play way too many video games we talk about latest video game news previews what's coming out what's going on in the world of video games but then also every other week or so we'll do a deep dive on an awesome newer game or an awesome classic game how it was made what it's about gameplay that goes through it, our thoughts on the mechanics and what we can look forward to in the future if there are sequels coming out that is also available wherever podcasts can be found and on two player bros 
Com. Nice. And a special thanks to our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Till next time, baby. Cheers. Cheers.